Welcome to The Bean Pod, a podcast about decentralized finance and the Beanstalk protocol. I'm your host, Rex. Before we get started, we always want to remind everyone that on this podcast, we are very optimistic about decentralized finance in general and Beanstalk in particular. With that being said, three things. First, always do your own research before you invest in anything, especially what we talk about here on the show. Second, while you're doing that research, try to find as many well-developed opposing viewpoints as possible to get the best overall picture. And third, never ever invest money that you can't afford to lose or at least be without for a while. And with that, on with the show. If you asked me a year ago, like what decentralized finance was, I probably wouldn't have been able to give you a very good answer. And now here I am, a pseudonymous, gender-neutral legume hosting a podcast about stablecoins. If anybody else is surprised, none of them more than me. On this episode of the pod, we're going to go on a tour of the farm, so to speak. Publius, the founders of Beanstalk, will be joining us as we talk through all the key components from the beans themselves to pods to stock and then to seeds. We'll talk about what they are, what they do, and how they work together to be a platform for the decentralized economy. So with that, welcome back, Publius. Great to have you again. How's it going? Thanks for having us back, Rex. Glad we didn't uh, scare you off. No, not at all. Always up for a good conversation. And last time we talked, it was very, let's say, philosophical and theoretical. This time, let's let's get a little bit more real. Let's take a tour of the farm and kind of talk people through what we have going on here. A little realism goes a long way. That's right. That's right. So let's start with the basics. When someone interacts with Beanstalk, the word that they see more than anything is the word bean. Could you just talk us through what a bean actually is? Sure. So bean is the Beanstalk stablecoin, or the first Beanstalk stablecoin, we should say. And one bean, it's a bean is an ERC-20 token, uh, one bean is pegged to the value of one U.S. dollar. And so Bean is, in practice, the uh, the main currency through which uh, most things in Beanstalk uh, happen. Uh, and Beanstalk is the protocol, the stablecoin protocol, and the objective of Beanstalk uh, is to create beans and maintain the price of a bean uh, at a dollar uh, by issuing debt um, and doing so in a sustainable fashion. So Beanstalk is the protocol. Bean is the stablecoin token pegged to a dollar. So to think back about the first episode for just a second, one of the things we talked about was utility. And when I think about what a bean is, really in my mind, the the function of that bean is to provide that utility for the myriad 
of potential solutions that decentralized finance has to offer. Is that that what goes through your mind? Yeah, maybe the the best way to think about it is that Bean can be the most liquid uh, stable coin and that the fact that it's not uh, backed by collateral, it's unlimited by the amount of available collateral means that the supply of beans can meet uh, arbitrary amounts of demand. And so when you talk about well, where, where utility, where, where, what does that actually look like in this case? The vast majority of uh, liquidity at the moment, if you're trading against uh, a stable coin with borrowing costs of 10 or 12%, in practice, your token price is paying that cost because the opportunity cost for providing liquidity to your pool uh, has to be judged against the borrowing costs uh, you could you could basically receive for lending that currency out elsewhere. And so in practice, there's just in terms of trading, we talk about as a medium of exchange, uh, the one of the first places we're hopefully going to see Bean uh, make an impact within DeFi is by providing super low cost liquidity to various different assets and liquidity pools. Yeah. So when, when I talk with folks about the protocol and the goals, and I talk about being in particular, the actual, the coin itself, what, what I talk about is the idea. And I think I might've said it the last episode, the idea that someday you could buy a soccer ball with bean. And that is a, it's a unique opportunity especially when you compare it to to other cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin. The, it's it's probably the easiest example for a couple of reasons. One is that it's so well-known and the other is that it's the value is so um, both growing and fluctuating and so, so variable. The thought of buying a $32 soccer ball with Bitcoin is it's, it's almost impossible to wrap your mind around knowing that because of Bitcoin's variability and value, that you could be dealing with an extreme risk, even in small transactions, in the sense that you know the the value of the currency that you're using to buy your soccer ball could change drastically, even over the short period that the transaction's happening. And so being because of its liquidity and its stability, sets other systems up for practical use long-term. And as we'll talk about later on in a very scalable way. Yeah. And maybe you were setting us up there and we, we originally missed it, which is you're exactly right. Beanstalk is constructed in a way where bean can really be used in a way that uh, really leverages the composable nature of the Ethereum blockchain. And so when we think about what are all the cool things that you could maybe uh, build on top of Beanstalk or build using Bean, you know, when, when the iPhone came out, if you had said, well, soon enough, you're going to be opening up your iPhone and calling a stranger and within two minutes, a stranger is going to come pick you up in their Toyota. And uh, you'd be like, what? That's ridiculous. Why, why would, what, who do they, do they work for somebody? No, they're just self-employed. They just show up and they, they have a phone too, and the phone's talk and they show up and they pick you up. It'd be like, what? So ultimately, who knows what's going to get built on top of 
beanstalk. But the idea is when you have a well-designed core, right? When you have something like the 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 iPhone, which uh, radically changed both what you could do and how you could do it both and did so in a way that was incredibly symbiotic. What gets built on top of iOS, on top of that platform, is infinite. And so in the same way, the goal is to, uh, and Beanstalk Farms is developing Beanstalk in this way and taking advantage of the fact that Beanstalk has now been alive for seven months. And uh, now that the, as you said, the, the peg stability is, is, is doing pretty well, uh, attention can be more focused on creating that harmony between a really seamless user experience with a core protocol that has a lot of meat to it and doing it in a way that facilitates a ton of innovation on top of it. And uh, we would just say, unlike the iPhone, which in the early days, you'd want to get your hands on a jailbroken iPhone because you could do all sorts of other cool shit on top of it. Beanstalk is is open source and the Beanstalk user interface in the not too distant future is going to be open sourced. And there's going to be an open source middleware suite to support interacting with Beanstalk in a really light fashion that doesn't require super technical know-how about the inner workings of the protocol. And the idea is to create a platform, uh, both uh, a technology platform and a monetary platform that uh, allows for all sorts of different amazing things to be on top of it. And Beanstalk will just be one of the core layers. Yeah, so I'm going to I'm going to foreshadow for just a second. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about the pod marketplace. And when we get to that, that that should be a really good example of exactly that, that ability to um, build on top of Beanstalk as, you know, a foundational component that that has functionality built on top of it. But before we get too far down the road, as you're talking there about um, using the iPhone and, and having people pick you up, all I could think of was, you know, being a, you know, a 10 year old and my mom telling me to not talk to strangers on the internet. And now here we are in 2022. And I was just having my, uh, just having a conversation with my parents about, you know, the vacation that we're going to take here in a couple months and them getting an Uber. And oh, hey, by the way, not only are you, you going to talk to a stranger on the internet, they're going to have you, they're going to come and they're going to pick you up in their Toyota Camry and they're going to drive you from the Orlando airport. So just so you're ready for all that. And and it's it's commonplace. It's it's not not a big deal now. It's just, it's how we do things. And after the fact, you almost can't imagine it doing it any other way, right? It's like the New York taxi system and the medallions are like, wow, what an outdated system, right? Thank God someone invented technology that came in and totally disrupted this rent-seeking institutionalized business with a grip on the regulators. Like that's the goal of tech, well-designed technology. Maybe not the goal, but that's certainly the outcome. And in the case of Beanstalk, that's also the goal. That's why decentralized tech has a real future because both from the perspective that if you're Uber, Uber has all these employees. I don't know how many they have, but presumably uh, thousands and thousands of employees. And it, it, whereas decentralized tech, sure, there's some maintenance costs, but ultimately, uh, other than the, the whatever the natural rate of emissions are for your given protocol to sustain itself, and in the case of Beanstalk, that's 100 beans an hour uh, to, to fund the, the sunrise function call, uh, all those excess costs are rent that gets passed on 
to the customers. And so you combine the fact that you have these centralized companies passing on all these uh, excess costs to the customers with then you have the regulator stepping in and adding further frictions and making it difficult. Uh, the, the decentralized versions of things are ultimately going to provide such a better user experience and at a much lower cost. And Ethereum today has a high level of friction around it and, and high transaction costs. Um, you know, Beanstalk was originally deployed on the Ethereum mainnet because that's where the vast majority of demand for stable coins are at the moment, uh, in the same way that Bean is pegged to the dollar, uh, because the vast majority of stable coin demand is for dollar peg stable coins. But the goal is ultimately for Beanstalk to, uh, support a wide variety of different blockchains and people will be able to, uh, hopefully deposit beans in the silo and lend beans in the field, uh, on a variety of different blockchains. And so, uh, when we think about uh, like the race to zero uh, in terms of fees, uh, Beanstalk hopes to be uh, a driving force in that race to zero. The Bean Pod is a production of Beanstalk Farms. You can find us on Twitter, Discord, and our home on the web at bean.money. You can also find me on Twitter at RexTheBean. And as a final reminder, this podcast is not financial advice. Thanks again for listening. Thank you.